You're a nigga I like your style, son. Thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics from music, politics, relationships, to issues that affect our black community. A very entertaining podcast. You won't be disappointed. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast. A podcast where the discussion will rock your soul. It's uncensored and no topic is off limits. Subject matters may be provocative and just downright offensive, but shit, at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to tell it like it is. I say I grind out this tent of me. I swear to God that's just one of me. Look, I know I ain't there yet. Just know that I'm going to be. I can't wait to see the day. I could chance with my mama stay. I put that BS behind me. There's too much money in front of me. Welcome back, family. I'm your host and your favorite cousin, Sleep P. I hope everyone is doing and feeling good. And if you're not, hopefully, by the end of this episode, I could change that for you. I hope everyone stays safe out there. Y'all know it's that time of the year. The wet bandits, a.k.a. sticky bandits, is looking to rob more than just Duncan's toy chest. I seen people on social media already saying that their cars have been broken into and money has been stolen. I urge everybody, everybody to go get strapped and protect yourself. Go get them concealed weapons permits also so there won't be any gray areas for standing your ground. I'm not looking for trouble, but I wish I would try that goofy mess over here. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. I seen on the news that the kidnapping rate for women and children is on the rise. They're using Ubers and Lyfts to pick up women, um, laying down in the middle of the road with their hoods open like the car broke down, trying to get women to stop. Man, y'all just be safe. Check, um, check your surroundings. Make sure you let someone know where you're going. Turn your GPS trackers on. Do anything you can do to stay safe. Human trafficking is real. And people is getting paid a lot of money to do it. It's a billion dollar industry. So please, be safe. There was a story about a five-year-old boy bringing a bag of powder heroin to his kindergarten class. Teacher said he put the white substance in his mouth and said it made him feel like Spider-Man. So now I know why Spider-Man senses be tingling all the time. It ain't the crime, it's the dime. They dime bag of heroin. <laughs> I'm just playing, but... Of course, the school called the police and social service, and when the police went to the home and arrested the father, they found 38 bags of cocaine and 170 bags of heroin. Crazy. Police said that some of the bags was labeled with a picture of Spider-Man on it, just like the one the son brought to school. I don't know what's wrong with parents these days, but what the older people say every time it's a tragic or something bad happens, child, we living in the last days. Not saying they're wrong, but 
I've been living in the last days for the last 34 years, according to my grandma. <laughs> hey, Colin Kaepernick also made news with his scheduled NFL workout that he did not show up for. Earlier last week, the NFL decided that they would set up a workout for Cap to showcase his talents um, for the 32 NFL teams down in Atlanta. Reports came out that Jay-Z played a big part in Cap getting a workout. Also, reports came out that Jay felt some way about taking taking heat and being called a sellout for his partnership deal with the NFL. So he pressured Roger Cadell to set up a workout, hopefully, to mend his image with some of the critics. Me, I personally felt that was the move anyway when I first heard the news. A big publicity stunt. According to Stephen A. Smith, Cap knew all about these conditions days prior to the workout. He was supposed to sign an usual liability that was supposed to cover the NFL from any liability if he got hurt during the workout. No media was allowed, and it was to take place at the Atlanta Falcon um, practice facility. But just hours before the workout, Cap changed the location from the Falcons practice facility to a nearby high school in order to allow his camera crew and media access. He said he wanted the process to be transparent. I don't blame him for that. And that him and his team felt like the original workout was a setup. There was a big falling out behind the move in the world a lot of people the wrong way. People once stood with Cap or still standing with Cap felt like he didn't want to play and he just doing all this for attention. He even wore a Kunta Kinte shirt to the workout. Knowing damn well, they would scrutinize his every move. I think at this point, he know the NFL is not playing fair and they're going to do anything to protect themselves from any potential lawsuit. Either go by their rules and get a chance to play or continue to bring awareness to police brutality without the NFL narrative and all that extra stuff. Now, let's get into today's topic. If you have a brother, son, uncle, daddy, husband, or boyfriend, or just any male figure that's in the streets, please let them listen to today's episode. Today, we'll be discussing the so-called love for the street life, a life that has been glorified throughout movies and documentaries. Everybody wanted to be Big Meech and BMF or the Paid and Fool crew. But that life has been destructive to our community. The 13th Amendment states neither slave nor involuntary servitude is permitted in the United States unless used for a punishment of a crime. Meaning, in order to get free work out of us, the government has to convict us of a crime. When the crack epidemic hit in the 80s, it changed the game for the prison system. Cocaine was considered the rich man drug and Crack was cheaper, so it was looked at as the poor man drug. Crack was used and sold predominantly in all neighborhoods, the black neighborhoods. And this was a systematic strategy. In response to the crack epidemic, the government issued stricter laws and harsher sentences for crack dealers, really just targeting black neighborhoods. Blacks was getting arrested twice as much as whites and was sentenced twice as longer than whites. In 2017, studies showed that African Americans represented 12% of the U.S. adult population and 30% of the Senate's prison population. To break that down even further, in 2017, 
there were 1,547 black prisoners for every 100,000 black adults. Nearly six times the imprisonment for whites, which was 272 per 100,000 adults. So we know the odds are against us, and they have been since we've been shipped to this country. But why are we still helping them fill these prisons and making them richer? I know the street life is glamorous to some, and some feel like they'll make it out on top eventually, and that may be true, but there's not always light at the end of the tunnel. One of my favorite rappers, Starlita, has a song called Funerals and Court Dates 2. And the lyrics to the hook goes like, Funerals and Court Dates 2, that's all we got to look forward to. The only time we wear a suit is fucked up, but yeah, it's true. Niggas dying getting time. Mama's crying, yeah, what's new? Don't nobody give a fuck on a person carries you. And what's crazy is that this lifestyle for the majority who lives in the hood or crime-restricting areas. You hear all the time, especially in rap songs, that they are a product of their environments, meaning that the environment that they grew up in or was placed in shaped who they are today or influenced the decisions they made. My question is, at what point does it start being less about being a product of something and more about the decisions you made? I've been a part of that same environment they speak about, and so have many others who made it out. I understand it's more to do with survival, but we also have to hold ourselves accountable for our own actions. I seen an interview where a person was locked up, and he was asked, how do he deal with the things that's happening on the outside for as with his family? He said, he can't worry about what's going on out there because it takes away his focus from what's going on around him and there. When that happened, it could potentially be his last day breathing. He has to focus on his current environment in order to survive. And that's the mindset of people that's in the hood or a part of that street life. Once they lose focus on what's going on around them, it's a rout. And bad things tend to happen. So I get the survivor aspect. I do. I really do. But everybody also has choices. You have a choice to stay a part of the environment or do something different to get yourself out of the environment. I don't think it's a right or wrong path as long as the goal is to level up and get out the environment that doesn't breed success. Look at Jay-Z, former drug dealer, who is now is one of the most powerful black men in the country, if not the world. He used his talents and surrounded himself with a team that guided him to make good investments, ultimately changing his environment. Then on the other hand, you have somebody like Kodak Black, who also had the same talent and opportunity to change his environment, but chose to stay around the same things that caused the people to fail. He couldn't separate himself from that street life. He didn't surround himself with people that saw the bigger picture, because if he did, then they would have guided him more carefully. Instead of living a good life and making money doing something that he loves, he behind them bars, doing jail time. Both could be considered products of their environments, but it boils down to the decisions they made. Oftentimes, these rappers glorify the street life with only telling one side of the story. They talk about all the fast money, the cars, the jewelry, the girls. I know having money and being flashed against women's attention, but guess what? It also gets the feds' attention 
in that hater over there that you got hot. But these rappers leave out the other side. The indictments, the jail time, kids being without a father or mothers being without a son because he got killed. Being locked up and seeing the people who said they was going to ride for you disappear. That bad chick you was messing with, now she over there with the ops. The street life is more than the songs you hear or the movies you watch. It's real out here and those streets show no love or mercy. One thing I noticed is the disconnect with the younger generation and the elders. The lack of respect and the lack of leadership. I remember when OGs used to put you up on game and was to help or benefit you. They gave it to you raw. But it was all love and respect. The younger dudes knew to pay attention and respect the OGs. It was just unwritten code. You do a thing everybody knew. Now things are totally different. You have OGs doing the same things the younger generation is doing. The big homies is in competition with the little homies. No guidance whatsoever. I hear people complain about how bad the, um, the new generation is, the younger generation is. But hell, look what they had to look up to. That leadership is missing. How can you respect somebody that's doing the same stuff you're doing or in a worse predicament than you? It's like the blind leading the blind. Nelson Homeboy Cowboy made a video of him correcting or G-checking one of the little homies. He had to teach him proper etiquette on how to carry himself in the streets in order to stay alive. Little homie had graffitied a wall on Slauson Avenue. And on the wall, dude had his name along with names of other gangs whacked out. Little homie never put in no real work for as killing somebody or never had any real beef with these other gangs that was whacked out on the wall. So Cowboy told him he was false cripping. That ain't cripping. That ain't real cripping. When these other gangs ride down Slauson and see that their hood is whacked out, then they gonna know this is where we hanging at. Oh, it's Crips over in that area. You bringing unwanted attention to, to this area. I'm trying to buy this building. Cowboy explained to the little homie that that ain't real and stuff like that can get you killed out here. He went on to explain to the little homie the correct way to do things. And what I took from that video was an OG schooling the little homie and giving him guidance to survive. He wasn't telling him anything wrong or anything that was going to get him in more trouble. And he definitely wasn't agreeing with the wall banging. We need more older dudes to step up and be that guidance. The younger generation has to also respect the OGs and their wisdom. Don't take their words as talking down or disrespect, but take their words as guidance. Somebody who's trying to show you the way. Someone who's trying to help you and lead you down the right path. I personally would like to see more youth mental programs in the urban um, communities. I remember growing up, we had the Boys and Girls Club, Urban League, Save Our Sons. We had programs that gave that leadership that's missing. I know parents have responsibility of being that leadership for their kids, but that's not always the case. You might have a child in a single parent house and the mother can't spend the time that she need raising her kids because she has to work to provide ends meet. So that child turns to the streets for that guidance. We all know the stats behind those situations. I gave them to you earlier. So it'd be good to get those programs going again. 
Actually, that's one of the things I'm working on through Soul for Thoughts. Is to get a non-profit organization started to help the youth and to also help families get back on their feet. If anybody out there has any ideas, suggestions, or want to be involved, let's link up. Our community needs us. We have to teach our youth who they are and let them know they're much more than what society say they are. They can be anything they want to be. Don't let nobody place limitations on them. And most importantly, teach them not to place limitations on themselves. Earlier I mentioned product of environment and how people use it to justify their actions or to explain how they became who they are today. To me, that phrase is a form of limitation. You are saying, I had no other option but to conform to my environment or surroundings in order to make it and survive. That is placing limitations on yourself. Even though you might not have an education, you may have a criminal background, you might not even have a skill or trade, you still have other options besides selling drugs and robbing. I just mentioned these two because they seem like the most popular street activity. A friend of mine said he was in a restaurant the other day eating lunch and while he was eating, Big and Son Juicy came on. When the part came on to all the people who lived above the building that I was hustling in front of, called the police on me when I was just trying to feed my daughter, it's all good. <laughs> he said another black dude was also sitting in there and he asked, why he had to sell drugs to feed his daughter? Why he just can't go get a job? And to me, that was a legitimate question. Like, yeah, why he can't go get a job? He didn't have to sell drugs. He wanted to. He made that decision. He could have went and got a job. And it may not have been a job that he wanted or paid what he was looking for, but it was still an option. A lot of times dudes say, or I'm doing this to feed my kids. That's bullshit. It's you being lazy and just wanting fast money. Feeding your kids is secondary reason, honestly, because it's plenty of other ways to put food on your table. Stop using everything as an excuse or reason to justify your choices you make. Take accountability for your decisions and your actions. Getting a job is not always the ideal option, but it's better than you being in jail if you get caught or dead because somebody's trying to rob you. You have to be more mindful of the decisions you make. It don't just affect you. It affects the people who love you as well, especially if you have kids. All your decisions should be made with them in mind. It's not about you anymore. It's about them babies. It seems like people have more loyalty to the streets and their friends than they have for their own kids. That's crazy. Crazy. Take control of your life and start limiting yourself. Stop making excuses and start taking accountability. Put those kids first. They should be the reason you change. I know the birth of my first son was a life changer for me. I was once that guy who was proud to say, oh, I'm a product of my environment. To me, saying that gave me this type of street on him. I was wide open, running the streets, hustling, just living a fast life. All I cared about was making money to the point 
I wasn't thinking about how I was moving. I was just moving. Moving reckless. There was a situation where I could have easily been dead or in jail right now. But I'm thankful I had something to change my life, and that was my son. I knew I didn't want to leave him out here without a father or no guidance. Nothing else was more important to me than his well-being. So, I gradually stopped hustling and running the streets, and I went and got a job. No, the wasn't. No, the money wasn't as good or as fast. But I knew I was coming home every night to my son. Being a father meant more to me than any amount of money. So I tell people all the time, you have to find something that's going to make you want to change. Unfortunately, everybody don't hold family or kids in high regard as me, which is sad, but it's true. But you have to find something to make you change. You don't want to have to explain to your kids later why you can't be there for them for the next 10 to 20 years. You don't want your family mourning you because you left here too soon. I see oftentimes those mourning families look to blame everybody else why their loved ones got killed. Even though nobody deserves to lose their life behind foolishness, it was ultimately their decisions they made that led them to their early grave. They had a choice and they chose their street life and everybody knows the consequence that comes with their lifestyle. Dead or in jail. Some escape it and go to live a successful life, but is that a risk you're willing to take? Are you willing to risk time in jail or an early grade just for a few years of bowling? Nah, to me it's not worth it. And I ain't do this episode to talk down or judge anyone for their choices. We all have our own life to live. We all have our own path to take. Nobody is perfect, especially me. We all have our flaws, but the goal is to learn from our mistakes, build and grow. There's the saying, if you know better, you'll do better. So I'm trying to tell you better. I'm not telling y'all anything I haven't seen or went through myself. These streets don't love you. You can give the streets everything you got. And it won't give you nothing in return but pain. You have so much more to offer the world besides living the street life or hustling. Stop limiting yourself. Boss up. You might feel like you good at it and you're comfortable in that lane. And that's cool. All I'm saying is, don't let that be your ending. Take those skills that made you a good hustler and build you a legitimate business. You don't have to work for nobody. You still can be your own boss. The world is full of possibilities for you, but you'll never know unless you try and leave that corrupt environment alone. The world is yours and everything getting it. It's out there. Get on your grind and get it. Yeah. Hands in the air. Sky's the limit. Y'all already know what time it is. It's time for the album of the week. This week, album of the week comes from the homie Coop City. It's called, Boy, That's It Right There. 
This compilation album showcases this local artist in Greenville, South Carolina. A very dope album. Me and Coop has the same passion for music. So I knew anything he co-signed, it was going to be hot. And I definitely wasn't disappointed when I heard this album. It's something on the album for everybody. A real good cohesive album. It has trap songs, a love song, reality rap, and it offers plenty of highlight bars. The producers Coop worked with did an amazing job with the production. It's not only a good look for the city, but a good look for hip-hop in general. So make sure y'all go check the album out. But that's it right there. And remember, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell your sister-in-law, baby cousin Tracy, to download, subscribe, and share Sofa Thoughts Podcast. Y'all also can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sofa Thoughts Podcast. Hey, I enjoyed it. Until next time, keep those thoughts soulful. Love.